podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 17th of January, 2023. My name's Patrick Smith. We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and on Twitter. You can download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM, and load more of your normal podcast providers. On this week's show, it's three points from the four on offer against the Panthers and more changes in the Belfast Giants locker room. Uh, we'll get to the game shortly. Uh, we'll hopefully be chatting with new signing Grant Cooper. He's traveling right now, but he said he'd pop in and join us for a chat if he has the time. Um, we'll be looking at those changes in the locker room, one in particular. And uh, we're also delighted to be joined this week by Gareth Martin. Gareth, of course, the first local lad to score for the Belfast Giants. Finally, we'll be looking ahead to the semi-final in the Cup against the Guildford Flames in the company of head coach Paul Dixon. And of course, we also have those games in Cardiff and Nottingham. Davey, how do you mean? Good evening. I, I just looking at you here, Patrick. You appear to be sitting in a t-shirt, like some sort of high ruler with your heating on. You're the second person. <laughs> he must have got his voucher. You're the second person. I said I'd seen Karen Mercer putting on Facebook today that she was just sitting in the house with the heat on. So I assume she got her six hundred pound voucher because there's no way otherwise. Like at my at my house at a nice sort of eighteen degrees, hence the hat hat. You know. I mean, who I, do, I, who do vests on I've the kids' never, beds? It's all good. I, I've never, I've never really felt the cold. Like even like you know, I'm I'm lucky enough, as you know, to leave you guys in the lurch some years and go skiing. And even when I'm walking around there, I walk around there in a t-shirt. You know, but then there's also a big beer jacket involved there as well. Mm. <laughs> you know, often. Joel, you escaped from the oval. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I had a really nice afternoon out in East Belfast on Saturday, but uh, that's for a different podcast, I'm sure. <laughs> Probably not great are, to talk about here. And 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 those watching and those watching live might be astounded to see you here because, of course, right now at this moment in time, Lauren are taking uh, are in the county under a shield. So, how are you here? This yeah, is definitely um, Tuesday. Coming they're to you actually, live. From... They're actually three one down right now. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't. This isn't Monday. This isn't being pre-recorded Monday. This is Tuesday, uh, and you're here. I'm coming to you live from the bowels of Seaview right now. I've uh, I've brought my own stuff just to feel a bit more at home. Um, <laughs> but you know that I can't let the boys down, and and uh, I've had to fulfil my weekly obligation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, that's uh, yes, definitely Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Let's have a look, lads, at the games that took place at the weekend against the Nottingham Panthers. It was. Now, a rare doubleheader that we've had this season. As we said earlier, we had the doubleheader against the Manchester Storm, we said last week, and uh, the Nottingham Panthers came in for two games. Let's have a look at the first one. The first one took place on Friday evening, if I can get the statistics open. It was a 5-2 win for the Belfast Giants. The goal's coming from Sean Norris, scoring the 600th goal. Great stat, Davey, against the Nottingham Great Panthers stat. and his first goal for the Belfast Giants. Gabe Bast, Ben Lake, Lewis Hook and Sam Rupp were the other goal scorers for the Giants. There were two back from the Nottingham Panthers. 
Ricci and Kelso. Uh, in goal, Jackson Whistle, 27 shots on two goals against. On the other side, Alex Debeau, 38 shots on five against. He was pulled from the game in the first period. We'll come to that in second. And Matthew Bloor came in, faced three shots, no goals against in the four minutes he was there <coughs> before Debeau went back in for the second, third, and subsequently the next day. Referees, Andrew Dalton and Stephen Matthews. Um, Davey, the Belfast Giants did all their business in the first period. Yeah, um, it's been common in that we've gone through a sort of period, was it about 10 wins on the bounce, something like that, um, where we didn't necessarily start well in games and we had to claw ourselves back from positions, which um, I think both, you know, all the coaching staff were interviewed, George Wada, Adam Keefe, Ross Stewart, when he comes out and talks, um, you know, all said that we needed to start games better and, uh, you know, it was unsustainable to keep going, I guess. And yeah, we did. We came out. Um, it was a funny period for Debeau. Debeau had 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 105 plus minutes of absolute, you know, he stole he stole a lot of goals back for the, the, the Nottingham Panthers there. But it was good for the Giants to jump out to that start and, you know, engage the barn in, in a big doubleheader weekend when you've got, again, two more sellouts bringing again to have so many. There's the first goal from young Sean Norris. Actually, Steve Ory took a bit of a knock the, the shift before. Norris shouldn't even be out there. Ory's gone to bench. Norris has jumped on into that situation. And, you know, Gilbert, and, and I think Norris might even have won. I can't remember now that if Norris won the faceoff or started, won the, won the winger play and, and just went, went to the net. What he's what he's being paid to do, what he's being told to do there, win face offs, get the net, and uh, and there's the second one from Gate Bass, just a little lob in over to Bow, and the Bow's head had kind of gone at that stage because he's let a couple of five hole ones in, he's ones that he'll definitely want back. But we were rampant that first period with all five guys on the ice doing what they're supposed to be doing, four checking, back checking, going two ways up and down the ice, and we were coming up with great chances and uh, and tucking them away. Second period, same story. Except the bow came back out with a with a bit more of a point to prove, and he done really well. I think we outshot them something like twenty two two in the second period. Like we really had tilted the ice. That could have been a it could have been a disaster for the, the Panthers. It could have been a double figures game. It should have maybe been. And then game managed it through the third and final period. Just uh, save legs, kept rolling the lines, and uh, came away with a, a much deserved. Maybe should have been a more lopsided mm. score line, but a, a very deserved win. I think you know what as that first period went on, I started to think this could be double figures. The way that, the way the Giants were playing, the way that the way that Nottingham Panthers were were defending, I thought I thought Joel, it was this was going to be a, a cricket score. Yeah, I think Davy's right though in that you know the damage done in the first period means that the Belfast Giants can obviously then uh, turn their attention to managing the clock and seeing themselves out for for obviously having the same team in the same building the next night. Um, but the quality on display from the Giants throughout that first period it very easily could have been one of those games where you were pushing eight, pushing nine in the third period, wondering, oh my goodness, is it twenty ten all over again? Are we playing the Edinburgh Capitals? Um, yeah, look, uh, Alex Dubow. Apart from that one period, and it happens to the very best of them, you know, the head goes. Um, apart from that, he was stellar all weekend long, as good as a, a goaltending performance through five of six periods, as you'll see in the EIHL. Um, two, two things that I had never, re- I, I can't remember seeing anyway in this game. You know, it, it was fairly formulaic after that first period, which was, you know, it was electric, absolutely lights out, as Davey says, in front of a big crowd. Um, but having Dubot then come back in, I'd love to have heard that conversation in, in the room, whether it was him saying, look, 
put me back in. You obviously have a, a two-way 18-year-old English keeper um, who you've kind of thrown into the deep end there in a big game. Um, and he was under the cosh right from from the very minute that he was uh, in, in between the pipes. And I think he got lucky not to be scored on straight away. I'd love to know if it was Corey Nielsen saying, right, come on, get back in there, see what you can do. Or if it was Dubot himself saying, let me have a chance. Um, never really see that. And then also, I love this, by the way, with about, uh, with about 10 minutes left in the game. Uh, pulling Debo to the bench uh, for the extra skater during the power play and having that six on four uh, with kind of 10 minutes to go. Uh, spicy coaching. Uh, I liked it. It obviously <laughs> it obviously didn't work. Um, but yeah, like the, the conversation will, will rightly be about the first period, the conversation throughout the weekend. Um, and I know Simon um, and his co-commentators on Giants TV spoke very highly of Debo and very rightly so. They recognized that they were seeing an excellent tendy there through five out of the six. Um, but but I thought that Jackson Whistle, whenever he was called upon, one of those tricky games where you're not seeing a lot of the puck, you're not doing an awful lot through two periods of game management. Um, but that uh, early in the third period, um, there was an absolute rocket one-timer come at him and he, he managed to get post-to-post to glove one down on his left-hand side. Um, and again, uh, in terms of a moment of brilliance, whenever you're probably cold and not really in the rhythm of the game because you're not being called upon, that was as good a, a goaltending as, as I've seen as well. Um, but yeah, look, Sean Norris, story of the game for me. Uh, no, no less than he deserves. Uh, he's been phenomenal all season long, predominantly on the road, not really getting the reward of playing in front of that big home crowd. Um, he really deserved that goal. He went to the went to the net, did all the right things, and, and he did the greasy work like he's been doing all year round, and he was rewarded with his first goal. Um, I, I think there's an EIHL contract coming Sean Norris's way, um, either this season or next, and, and I think he deserves it. Really, really good to see. I'm going to I'm going to throw it back to you as well, David, because and you, you have mentioned it there on the, on the goal he scored as well. But it's something we spoke about, I think, before Christmas, and something I mentioned on Twitter myself. There is that what you like to see from Sean Norris is here's a guy at Milton Keynes who's been given an opportunity to come into the Belfast Giants locker room and be part of the Giants setup, and he's taken it with both hands. Mm-hmm. He, he's done okay in the limited ice time he's got. I'm just looking here, 15 shifts, 10 minutes um, of ice time on Friday night. Um, you know. He started the game with uh, Mark Garside and then started rotating forward probably um, and ended up when Steve Ari got, got slightly hurt for a bit, um, jumping up on that third line and didn't look out of place. Um, you know, he just has to keep doing. We, we talk about progression and stuff and what NIHL players coming in, especially young guys who have, you know, are, are even when you look at guys like Kieran Long who came in as a top six guy from another team scoring 30 goals you you still have to earn you know your way up the lineup i don't think sean norris scoring a goal puts him like you know we've got to get him in the top six here he's got to just accept a a role in a in a one of the top four you know um, eihl teams get in third line for me third line is about not getting scored on and if you can chip in with points, great. We talk, we, sometimes we talk about secondary scoring and we talk about tertiary scoring and stuff. But the, the, the role of the third and fourth line is not to get scored on. That's their role. And if they can contribute at the in the red zone, brilliant. But, you know, for what they've done, he came on to uh, an offensive zone face-off. Possessions 9 10 to the law. They won the face-off. David, David Gilbert has been pretty hot in the face-off circle this season. Um, really good, strong numbers. And then once you've got possession, what can you do with it? And can you get it on net? And if you can get it on net, can you get somebody spoiling around the blue paint, looking for tips, looking for rebounds, looking for mucky goals? And that's what you want your third line to come up with. And he pressed to the dead. So Sean Norris has got a lot of years in front of him. And would I let to see him in a Belfast jersey next season? Certainly. And 
just continue that development and growth that he's that that sort of tangent that he's on or trajectory sorry the better term nice of course, he went back to Milton Keynes on Saturday for that game, to back to his home club. But, you know, to come in on a Friday, do that, and then go back, phenomenal. Well done to him. Uh, there's more that, to take that this in, weekend. That in itself, that in itself mm-hmm. must be um, difficult, jumping up for a different role, probably a lot more ice time with Milton mm-hmm. Keynes, um, a lot more dependent to be that guy. The, the, you know, we were depending on you to score in Belfast. We're depending on you not to be scored on. You know, it's a... It's a dynamic that he has to get used to on different nights, doing different things. But fair play to him, more parties elbow that he can do that. Absolutely. Let's um, let's hear what the coaches had to say after the game on Friday. That was our main focus tonight. It was to come out strong. Obviously, we knew we were going to have a good crowd and everything. But just after that ten game stretch, we won games, but not the right way. And we wanted to come out on the right foot, starting this next stretch of games. How difficult is it when you're five one up at the end of the first period to to keep that momentum going? You know, be, you know, especially when it's the first game of a double header, not to allow them to get any positives at all. Yeah, I, I, everyone was playing. Everyone was pulling the rope. I think from that first period, and they just carried it over. We we, we asked them to do it, and they did it. You know, we had a little sluggish start to that second, but not not too much. So I think we had put enough control of the game. Um, but we had top to bottom, all four lines were pulling, and our D were good and shutting them down. And once we clawed back in that first part of that second period I think we, we got back into our game and finished it out yeah I mean we didn't uh, in the first period they didn't come to play uh, as a group um, goaltender wasn't good um, we didn't make good decisions with the puck um, I, was, I was frankly I was quite embarrassed I thought the response in the second and third was was good everybody up their levels a lot but um, I guess a team like Belfast you're never going to catch them so um, yeah very frustrating night uh, but again credit to a quality hockey team. The highlights from the game on Fridays are, of course, available from our friends at Belfast Giants TV. We'll move on to the game on Saturday. Same opponent, slightly different result. Uh, the Northern Panthers ran out victorious, victorious 4-3 in front of 6,459 people. Remarkable, remarkable from, from the, the organization to have such high crowds over the last while is just brilliant and it's credit to them. But it was a 6-4 shootout win uh, for the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, goals from Long, Conway and Bass for the Belfast Giants and goals from Brady. Oh, dear. Wolitschka? Brady with a second and the, the shootout winner is given to, to Craig Puffer. Um, in that's Tyler Beskarowani making his third debut for the Belfast Giants. <laughs> yep. 24 shots against, three goals against. Alex DeBow, 44 shots, three goals against, but also the shootout win. Um, Daltz and Stephen Matthews once again were your referees. Um, Jolie, this was more of a battle, uh, but the Giants had more than enough chances in the first period. Yeah, I think everybody sort of was sitting back, rubbing their hands together, thinking, oh, here we go again. Um, in the second minute, whenever uh, whenever that that kind of goal, Kieran Long and, and Steve Irie have a two-on-one longer, I think, tries to play it across to Irie, and it comes back off a defenseman's skate. Just one of those unlucky plays on the part of the D-man. Longer just has the, the yawning cage to fire into there. Um, but it, it certainly wasn't after that goal. Um, the, the sort of... Uh, the deluge didn't arrive again the same way that it did the night before. Um, I think Nottingham came out to prove a point. Alex Dubois certainly came out to prove a point. Um, I think their physicality was noticeably ramped up on the night before. Um, that was really shown during the first period. Um, and it was really a, a phase of, of dominance uh, in the second period that I think that won this won the game for us. Um, 
certainly uh, as usual Scott Conway uh, making the difference tying it up um, we're working that over the line and just over before the half hour mark um, and then Gabe Bass with another um, long range one timer which I think was Ericsson's first point in Taylor which was good to see um, but yeah like I mean the this this game uh, had, had a little bit of everything um, I, I love seeing a game like this I, I really love those two game sets those double headers against the same team they used to be so much more common with the Giants it was almost like every other weekend you, you had that kind of two game series uh, and you know yourself from watching you know the NHL in North America when they have proper playoff series that you get a real narrative throughout these games there's individual grudges that need settled there's moments that, that players want back there's things like Alex Dubow having that stinker in the first period and then being lights out the rest of the weekend i absolutely love these kinds of games there's just a little bit more of an edge to them um panthers were certainly uh worthy of of getting to the end of regulation uh with a tight game um the, there wasn't really much in terms of overtime i think the giants maybe had a couple of chances on the breakaway where they could have buried that game did everything but score um and then unfortunately for us just the, the shootout things didn't come together it just didn't feel like we were going to bag anything um pro- probably three out of four was a, a fair result on the weekend and, and with the panthers improved performance on the second day i'm probably happy enough to get out of that with the point if you're watching on on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, you've just seen that celebration from Scott Conway in front of the Northern <laughs> Panthers fans. I'm here for that sort of stuff. Love that. Uh, Blair Riley doing it in front of the Steelers fans. I'm here for all that sort of thing. <laughs> um, David, you know, we, we've said it, we said it a couple of times, but Debo really was on form, spurred on from his performance in the first period, probably, of course, you know, the Shouts and Boomerang corner. Yeah, for me, if anything, this was a better performance by the Belfast Giants on Saturday night. The, certainly a whole game performance than um, Friday night. Of course, Friday night we didn't have to play for the, the full 60 granted. Um, in terms of good goal, goal scoring chance, grade A chances, like easily I, I 2-1 to one Belfast Giants. Lots of really high quality saves from the bow. Lots of borderline there's a little wasteful finishing i think as well and, and the boys will probably have reflected on that already this is a game the belfast giants should have won five plus probably a more convincing five two performance on saturday night than than friday night but that's the way it goes sometimes and uh unfortunately when it goes down to penalty shots a bit of a lottery we haven't had that many this season i think that's perhaps only the second maybe third penalty shootout mm. over the season so it's it's uh, although it's, i'm sure it's something that's practiced virtually daily um even for banter at the end of, of training so there'd be people that there's uh the, the the final shot in the in the um in the in the shootout unfortunately we came up um just short three points out of four um <clears throat> probably should have been four out of four and it'll be a, a game that we'll probably look back on over the the coming months hopefully not um with anything other than oh well we should have won there but um you know i think the belfast giants best goal take a lot of positives came back in i think we played a full game i think um besco not a lot he could have done with the first the second one he gets kind of frozen on a on a bit of a, an odd man rush and the third one's just a blind and tip in front there's a, i don't think there's a, two goaltenders in the net probably don't see it but it's a really really high quality finish so in terms of besco's return absolutely <clears> fine <throat> performance um I think the the story of the game is just the number of chances I had, and we'll let the bow get himself really well set. And he came out obviously with a bit of a point to prove on Saturday night. And I think he um he he's proven. You you heard the, the comments from the coach there, um, it's Corey Nielsen, when he says you know goaltending was poor on on Friday night, certainly for the, through the first twenty minutes, cost them the game, and um, ultimately on the Saturday night won them the game. 
Could I come back to your comment, back to you, Joel, comment you made, and I'll, I'll get your take on it as well, Davey. He's Scott Conway, a goal and assist on Saturday, three assists, was it, on on Friday? You know, no goals with three yeah. assists. The guy is, regards to the points, Joel, he, he is putting them up left, right, and center. It's, uh, I think, the extraordinary thing about Scott Conway is that we have the privilege of seeing him for a second season in Belfast. Um, we're certainly not... Uh, it's not new for us to have these players that come to the league and absolutely light it up. Um, what is new is that Scott Conway seems to genuinely love wearing the teal of Belfast and and you can see the passion that he plays the game with. Uh, I absolutely, as you say, Paddy, I absolutely love the, the housery that he displays, the fact that he loves a celly. Um, the thing is, though, Guys like this usually are gone. They, they they come here for for maybe the first half of a season, and they're snapped up into Europe uh, by Christmas, or, or they certainly don't come in for the the second season. Um, so it's it's a privilege of ours to enjoy watching Scott Conway in his absolute prime. I genuinely think that you would. I would struggle to certainly name you a better player in the league actively right now. I would struggle to name you a better player in the league over the past number of seasons. Um, he just has, I don't know what it is, whether it's vision, whether it's just supreme natural ability, um, whether it's just the attitude and the confidence that he, that he oozes confidence when he plays the game. I'm honestly not sure. Uh, and and I, I would be a much more successful person if I could put my finger on that kind of dedication and commitment. But um, I think it's a, I think it's a privilege that, that we have Scott Conway. I'd love to keep him for another year but um it genuinely surprises me that he isn't in in, in the dell or playing in sweden or or playing a straight elsewhere davy scott conway um joel has said there he, he would struggle to name a better player in the league and he's absolutely right there isn't one um he's the he's the current league mvp scott conway has um what a lot of really top end gifted players have um and in many many sports he has he, he's the ability to almost slow time down and see things at a different pace and he mm -hmm. plays the game with his head up constantly. you look at the goal was scored in dundee last week where he comes down and he does it time and time again it's, it's exactly virtually the same play where he sets up um i think it's laker on the power play he comes down the left wing his head's up the whole time he never has to look down once and he slows everything down coops takes a couple of um d-men into the near post at the bow and it opens the whole right-hand side up for, for Nate coming in off the bench. Scott Conway does that time and time again. He just, as I say, Joel, I just think he can slow he can slow things down so well. It's in his vision, right? He sees, that, yeah, vision's a good weapon. He sees things at a different speed, the other people. And it, it actually, he looks like he's got so much more time. I remember talking about Brian Robson from years ago playing, um, he was playing for Middlesbrough towards the end of his career. I was at Urson Park and he was playing against Derby County. And he just looked like he had, acres of space around him he always was in space so he had that ability to get one get himself into space but then when you get yourself into space to have the ability to do something in that time that you've created for yourself scott conway is the mvp in this league by by a long distance what did i say something 70 something points in, in around 30 odd games already this season so he's he's been exceptional let's get the uh the opinions after the game from the coaches Yeah, this is one of them. Um, I liked our game tonight. I thought we were good. Uh, you know, we've been struggling to string 60 minutes together, especially back-to-back -back nights. Um, I thought for the most part we got that tonight. We certainly had our chances to end that game or, or extend our lead. It didn't go in for us, and sometimes that is, that's, that's the way she goes. So um, there's a lot of positives to take out tonight in terms of you know the back-to-back -back effort here at home, uh, and that's a good hockey team over there. You know, and and. 
You know, I thought we controlled the majority of that game and we just didn't extend our lead or we didn't get uh, one to go ahead there. And then well, we had plenty of opportunities in overtime to, to seal the deal as well. Uh, I thought we were pretty good. Uh, first period was 15-5 in shots, but uh, I know we missed the net about 100 times. So um, I thought we played our intensity levels were much higher. Uh, we played a lot faster. We we competed a little more. Um, and then towards the end, got a little aggressive sometimes, and, and Belfast could have killed it off with uh, some breakaways and two-on-ones. But uh, thankfully, Dubois stood on his head. Highlights from that game are available from Giants TV, and big thanks to to putting together of all the interviews and stuff, Davey. As always, no really appreciate it. Right, um, it can't have gone <coughs> beyond your notice that uh, yesterday, <coughs> yesterday, it's uh, definitely Tuesday today. Uh, that the Belfast Giants <laughs> <laughs> put a new name on their roster. A man who's, I say. No stranger to Belfast. He has made a trip over before as part of Clarkson's for the Friendship Four. Delighted to welcome back to Belfast, Grant Cooper. How are you doing? Hey guys, good. How are you? Uh, doing well. We appreciate you joining us. We know it's been a it's been a long day. Um, first of all, how's the opportunity come? You've you've come into Belfast, back into Belfast. Yeah, it's uh, it's been great. Uh, I mean, we had conversations a couple of weeks ago here. Um, I kind of gave my notice into Leeds coaching staff and organization. Um, Played throughout the Christmas break, kind of wanted to prove that I could make this jump, and it was the right decision. So, I mean, uh, it all worked out in the end. You have been playing for the Leeds Knights in the NIHL, and you've scored 35 goals and 35.70 out of 30 games. It's um, <laughs> That must have been fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't really understand what I was getting myself into coming across here, coming from the East Coast. Um I mean, I kind of just got my feet wet at the start, and um, they're a young team there in Leeds. Um, and with Ryan uh, Aldridge behind the bench, he kind of let me have free reigns of kind of you can make mistakes as, as long as you kind of put the puck in the back of the net here and there. Grant, uh, Davey, welcome to Belfast, first and foremost. Very, very pleased to have you in our city. It's always lovely to welcome a new guy to town. Um, we obviously... Paddy touched on very briefly. Obviously, played in the Friendship for a couple of years, or twenty seventeen, five years ago now. My goodness. Um, but as, as that tournament, that has given the um, the Elite League so many players over the last lot of years. And someone tweeted earlier on after you signed, if you have any doubt of the Friendship Force impact on the Elite League, a quick tech check check tells us Clarkson's fourth goal in the twenty seventeen final, scored by yourself. Assisted by Marty Quince, who's playing for Coventry, and Kelly Summers, who's playing in, in Nottingham. This league has has started to pick up a lot of NCAA players. Yeah, I mean, uh, coming over here, you're uh, kind of just starting school. It was my first year there, and getting a chance to come over to Belfast for a week. Um, it's always a great experience to come across and kind of get a new sense of life or sense of hockey over here, especially on the bigger ice surface. Um, and I mean guys kind of fall in love with it. Like you're here a week, you play two games, you get all these attractions and you kind of see what kind of setups teams have over here. And I kind of fell in love with it right away. And it was always a goal of mine after to kind of pursue a career overseas. Hey, Grant, as Davey says, uh, welcome to Belfast. And, and, and thank you very much for taking the time to, to come on. And probably it's, it's kind of like uh, 
being back in the coast or being back in North America where, where you get a call and just have to lift your life and go. I'm sure your, your head's kind of spinning right now, but I hope you get some time to get settled in and, and whatever else. Um, Davey sort of mentioned it there. You've got your your former Clarkson alum and Kelly Summers and, and Marley Quince both playing in league, the league right now. Um, whenever you arrived over in, in Leeds at the start of the season and started absolutely lighting it up, uh, I mean, those, those are ri- ridiculous points. Um, were, were you in touch with those guys? Uh, were, were you sort of looking at them going, there's no reason why I can't be doing it at the Elite League? level yeah we always keep in touch i mean any team you play on you kind of build friendships and it's kind of a brotherhood so i mean we always stay in touch even through the years after they graduated because they were a couple classes ahead of me um but once i saw them over here and i was in leeds i kind of followed them watched what they were doing and obviously with the start i had i kind of put in my mind that i could try and make the jump at some point and speaking with them they said i could definitely definitely play in this league and I hope to make an impact here with uh, Belfast. And the, the friendship for is is cherished here. I think, you know, people who are hockey fans in this part of the world kind of can't believe their luck that we get NCAA D1 hockey on our shore. Uh, the, the only regular season games played outside of North America. How much as a, as a, it was your junior year, right? You came here in your first year at Clarkson. Um, yeah, how, sure. much, how much did that shape your, your college experience? Obviously, Clarkson uh, were, were champions that year. You moved on to, to get an ECAC championship um, in 1819. Do, do you look back on that as, as kind of a formative moment? Was it, was it big for you in terms of your story as a hockey player so far? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's always nice to come over here. I mean, you always play teams in the, in the country, in, in the United States. So it's obviously nice to hop on a plane and get to another country to play a couple games. But I mean, I, I think it just kind of builds a team a little stronger, a little more bond towards the team. As you go away for a week, you have a sightseeing. We did the Titanic, uh, the Causeway. And so you yeah. kind of get a sense of like a little more sightseeing, a little more fun. It's not just all about hockey, kind of mm-hmm. a little bigger bond with everyone. But I mean, you kind of get a different sense of life. And uh, it's always nice to to tour around the world and I mean, to come play hockey overseas is uh, nothing short of that. And just lastly, for me, sorry, uh, it's it's a fascinating story to, to kind of have you jumping in here midway through the season. Um, I could be wrong here, but from looking at your at your sort of career to date, it seems like it's the first time where you've jumped in and joined a team mid-season. Um, how do you feel about that? Is there any sort of additional, uh, not anxiety, but are, are there additional things on your mind in terms of coming into a locker room of guys who have been together for a number of months? Do you, do you have sort of goals of, of what you want to do while you're here? Um, and would you consider kind of keeping it on and, and, and kind of making Belfast home for a while? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's my first time kind of packing up and leaving midway yeah. through. So that was kind of a change when we got the calls and kind of hurrying and packing everything up. But uh, no, I mean, I'm just going to be who I am. I, I'd like to think of myself as a two-way forward. So I'm not going to change anything here. It's uh, the guys, the guys have been here. They know um, some of them already reached out and kind of getting acclimated with some of them. So it's, I'm not here to switch anything or try and reverse anything. It's it's kind of just play my game and wherever I slot in that to help the team win. I know uh, Adam's been just talking with me to kind of play my game and see how I fit in. Hopefully I can uh, get a run at this and hopefully uh, start sooner rather than later. How were things left with 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 Leeds? Obviously, you know Ryan Aldridge and, and Steve Thornton had a, they they know each other well from their days in in the Basingstoke uh, Bison and, and what went on with them. But uh, when you when you approached Leeds to say you wanted to make that step up, was it was it well received? 
Oh yeah, they were they were great about it. I mean, uh, once I gave the notice that I kind of had some options to potentially move up in uh, the elite league, they uh, they were nothing but thankful for my time there. Or grateful that they had a a part of me as a stepping stone to kind of show that even if you do end up in the NIHL to start the year as an import, uh, it might be able to attract some uh, down the road or. Um, even this year, they kind of had an import replace me quickly. So and that's that's always a good thing to for for that league anyway to say like it's not the end of the road there. You always have uh, even midway through or play a year there and kind of get the jump uh, in later years. So it was nothing but good uh, between us. But Grant, it's it's um, you're not going to have time to let the grass grow under your feet in Belfast. It's going to be hopping on a bus here. We've got Guildford Wednesday tomorrow by the magic of tv guildford guildford <laughs> wednesday um cardiff friday and and obviously trip to nottingham saturday so it'll be a little bit of a nice bonding trip for you as well get to know the boys here over the next five days yeah that was uh, that was kind of the plan to try and get me over as soon as possible so i can travel with the guys kind of get to know uh i'll get a skate with them tomorrow to, to kind of get my feet wet over here and uh we'll see what happens on wednesday if i can get in the lineup or not but uh Hopefully, hopefully I am to to get the ball rolling. And you, you excited to go on? Have you set yourself any like many targets for yourself, or is this all team first here? Uh, team first. I mean, uh, I'm not coming in and putting all me, me, me. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> team. Everyone knows Belfast Giants can uh, make a run at the top of the table for trophies and cups, and so I mean, fans are big part of this and uh, I'm just going to come in here and work with the guys as the best I can. And I believe your new housemate has, uh, he, he got both and he didn't just get goal of the week last week. He got both goals a week. He got awarded with two goals a week. Has he told you about them yet? <laughs> no, <not> yet. <laughs> right off the yeah. handshake. Uh, did you see yeah, my goals yeah. last week or? <laughs> no, nothing yet. <laughs> that, that's me just like again grant from me welcome to belfast very excited to see you getting going here and all the best with it i think awesome. that's that, that that comes from us all grant listen we really appreciate obviously it's been a very very busy day for you we really appreciate you coming on spending some time with us for a chat um good luck this week with the with the, the first few games and, and the travel and uh i will catch up with you soon thanks mate awesome thanks guys cheers buddy no best good luck Fantastic from from uh, from Grant Cooper. There, you can't underestimate that. Like today has been <laughs> Tuesday has been a travel day for him, and I think he only got into the apartment about twenty minutes ago. Yeah, that's um, why. And he was and he was kind enough to basically sit down in front of a laptop and come on and chat to us. So we big thanks to pints. Grant Cooper. We owe him beers. Just a bit, just a bit of chat between you gents about bringing in a player of his. I, I talked about the statistics there and having, you know, thirty-five. Well, it is the NIHL. Let's just, and I'm, I don't want to be disparaging because obviously it's a limited import league. It and people talk about. We've had, we've had people talk on Twitter about the likes of you. Know, shall we have a? A cup competition that involves the NIHL teams, and you know, but the, the chasm is is sorry the, the difference is it's a chasm between the two leagues, but the throw up, Joel, seventy points in the space of thirty games. It's uh it's a surefire indicator that you're playing uh below your level. Yeah. I, and I mean, like you, you've already you said it there, and, and that's that's an, I can't. Do you know what? Do you remember who it was that tweeted that, David? No. The, about, the, what, sorry. about Marley oh. Quince and Kelly Summers uh, being on that I think panel. It was like an old 
but no, poor boy. Uh, shout out to No for that. Um, but yeah, shirt. like I mean, you you have to know, you have to know when you're coming in there. The the boys that you shared the room with throughout your NCAA career that you won a an NCAA title with, you're bound to know that you are more than capable of playing at um, a, a higher level. Whenever you're seeing your teammates kind of uh, settling in and, and doing well and sticking in their jobs as well, you know it's obviously a first move overseas for Marley Quince, for Kelly Summers. And of course, for new coops as well. Um, so he's going to be looking at them, going, "Yeah, like there's no reason why I can't." So it's probably a case of making a point, right? Like you're you're out there just tearing it up, uh, sort of glancing over your shoulder, going, uh, "My turn yet, guys." Um, I'm glad that he's got his opportunity, um, and I'm excited to see what what he can do. I've said it time and time again on this show that my favorite type of player are those younger guys that have come out of college. He's obviously been to the coast for a little while post graduation, and his time in Belfast was right at the start of his NCAA career. Um, but I love the the rawness and the hunger um, and the appetite of of collegiate athletes that are turning pro and traveling overseas for the first time. Give me that over the older version of the EIHL and possibly even back into the old Super League days where it was the the higher standard guys from maybe had NHL time or whatever else coming down the other side. And I know you're probably going to disagree with me. Don't care. Um, it's it's that rawness. I'm just saying. You just sound like a, a guy that used to be. I remember it clearly. Neil Russell. Saying, give me young and horny over, you know, <laughs> over what? But these young guys coming in, you know, looking yeah. to looking to start out on a career, putting their best foot forward. There's just so much more fire in their belly, right? They're coming to prove a point. They're they're coming to maybe launch themselves into Europe or, or show that they can't do it at a level. And um, there's just a wee edge to them that, that I don't think you used to get from from guys that were coming over here to see the world before they hung the skates up. And that's no disrespect to some great giants that have come before. Um, but it's my favorite mold of player. And I think that the NCAA tournament, which has become a vehicle for recruitment, has permeated the wider league. We've completely changed the league and the landscape of recruitment through having that tournament and putting collegiate athletes in the shop window here um, and that's that's the odyssey trust and, and mr fitzpatrick and all of the the others that make it happen to their credit uh, you know we, we, we've talked about the friendship for so many times about uh, yeah. about the benefits that it brought and the, the benefits it's brought for the belfast giants the benefits now bringing for the league the standard of hockey we get to watch and then the players we get to bring in going back to darcy murphy who you know who put the points up in this league he was the first, right? so you know yeah. and we we know what it does but to be able to pick up a guy like this mid-season he obviously you know he said he's obviously went to you know, i want to play in the uk let's play in leeds and not really I don't know whether that's his agent saying, you know, you can play in this league or whatever or what it was, but it probably came to him pretty quickly that, you know, I can do a little bit more than this. And thankfully, you know, there was talk amongst a lot of the ones at the NIHL for weeks ago. I think it was before Christmas, actually, when um, there were, I, got, I was getting messages from a good friend, Anthony Russell, asking me, you know, what have you heard about Grant Cooper to, to Belfast Giants? At that point, I hadn't heard anything, you know, but it's now we see that he's come in. It, it'd be very interesting, Davey, to see how a player like that performs in, in the Elite League now that he is able to make that jump. Yeah, look, he's, as he said, he keeps in touch with, like, the alumnus from, you know, his college days. He sees them, you know, doing things with Coventry, flew out of the traps at the start of the season. Not him having been great this season, to be fair, but... um you know, he sees guys he knows. <laughs> he sees guys he knows doing doing well in this league. So he wants to um, he, he wants to have a go at it himself. And he's done sort of you know whatever that is now four months in the September November sorry four months in the NIHL. He scored a lot of points, scored a lot of goals. So he sort of mm. um, you know he's shown and he sort of alluded to there. Belfast wasn't the only offer on the table clearly. 
Um, I wouldn't have expected to have been when I heard his name mentioned in December that he was leaving Leeds. I think that was that was out in the in Twitter or whatever in December time that he was mo- going to be moving on. Um, I didn't think he'd end up in Belfast. It's just with where we were as a roster at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, no one, what you know, effectively everybody's tied to a certain amount of money across the season. So I think we've done very well. There maybe be more roster changes to come if they've talked about it. So you know, it's a really strong positive to to put somebody like this into the roster. You know, with Derek Angeli, Angeli, um leaving a week ago, and um, you know, it's just a really, really good. Uh, Yes, it worked. Um, you can you can you can see down below there, but um, it's a really really strong strong upgrade for me. Proof of the pudding will yes, be in the just eating, had, to be honest. We, sorry, proof of the pudding will be in the eating. Be be in the eating. Thanks, nice thanks, Joel. That's why you suck, Ian. Don't worry about. That yes was due to the fact we've just been joined in the green room by our next guest. We but uh, but yeah, no, I, I fully I fully agree. I think that you know a, a guy of his standard and, and what I've heard from the, his time at the Leeds Knights, obviously in the NIHL, but but that that he has the eye for goal and you know there may be you see maybe a few players would be looking over their shoulder and looking at you with know, regards to performance and seeing a guy like that coming in and we'll need to make that that step up um it's only a positive coming into the, the final stretch of the league obviously as has been the case over the last number of years and is the case this season uh, most of our games from here on in are at home so sorry david go on. no one that calls themselves a belfast giant fan cannot all point a finger and say this organization hasn't given every tool that Adam Keefe has, has needed to, to go in mind. We, we, we talk about through August, September, October, November, December, not really looking at the league table, but knowing where we are roughly, but you start looking at the league table after January. In the hunt, a few points behind, need to rebuild, need to retool a few, to make a few roster changes, made a change in nets. We haven't done anything really at the back end apart from bringing in Josh Roach as an offensive D-man, and we've made changes up front. So nobody can accuse this organisation of not doing everything they can to win this championship. Here, here. Right, thank let's, you uh, let's, Absolutely. And uh, let's uh, let's move forward to the fan agenda, brought to your uh, friends at Belfast Jazz TV. And here's a man who we've wanted to come on this show for a while. We've, talked, we've mentioned him quite a few times. It's... Uh, it's been a while since he became the first ever local lad to score for the Belfast Giants, but what a goal that was back in 2003. Please welcome Dizzy from the Bridge, Gareth Martin. How are you doing, mate? Evening, boys. Thanks for having me. Delighted to have you, mate. Before we get into the, uh, the 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 good stories and stuff, you've been doing a bit of work on the on the TV on the on the streams with Sis, and um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been good. Um, you actually feel like you're part of the game again, and uh, you get the nerves. You try to do your best, and um, you leave leave the arena thinking, "Wow, I'm mentally drained as if I've just played the game." <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? But, just uh, just because you know you've got to put you know obviously you put in a bit of the research, you have to go on the part of the game, and scissors are doing the play by play, and like um, you, you know, I've stood next to him as you stood next to him as Joel and Davia stood next to him. Doing a play by play must be exhausting, but it's uh, but but it's a fun it's a fun part of the game to be part of. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, what what Sis does is amazing. Um, obviously, I'm just always trying to remember at least. 10 to 20 seconds you know of what's happening so if there's a goal if there's a hit 
then I can go back and, and recap it. That's essentially what it says is, is kind of want me to do. So it's just always trying to have that that vision, you know, vision even in your brain. Um, it, it can be it can be quite tough. There's times where sis would want me to come in and be like, "Oh no, yeah, I, I've totally blanked." But what just <laughs> twenty I was, seconds ago, I was, I was looking at Boomerang Corner. They were shouting. At me. <laughs> It's, getting it's, it's, time, <laughs> it's not even that, Marty. It's the one says has got a terrible habit of just like walking away and going. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. you take and it from like, here, bud. And, and the difference between doing, as you say, analyzing the last twenty seconds of play and actually how how he gets the names of the players and all. It, it's he got me to do it a couple of times for like two or three minutes at a time over the Christmas games, and it's it's a difficult task. Let me tell you, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I watched what you, you know, I look back at the games that you've done, you've done very well. Um, yourself and Deco, I think Deco, no, you did, and, and Deco um, on Saturday when I was watching, um, he, he did a bit when the, I think the chance were on the power play at the time, and says that him did, and I thought, wow, you know, fair play, and um, I think I've got a bit to go before I can, I can kind of do that, because obviously, as you say, trying to know the names, the numbers, on the home team, on the chance team, it's quite tough. But even for Sis to do that on the away team, you know, it's, it's immense what he can do. Just just before Shai, oh. Davey, I don't want to interrupt your question, but just you, you mentioned Andrew Dixon there and the fact that you know, this weekend you were with Sis on Friday and Dicko was with Sis on, on Saturday. And I think from a Giants TV perspective and from what we have, I think it's absolutely fantastic that we have yep. you know, yourself, Sis, and Dicko involved in the commentary and given you know, three lads who steeped in hockey in Northern Ireland, three lads who have successfully performed in hockey in Northern Ireland, being able to give their take on Belfast Giants games in Belfast. Yeah, it, it's nice that it's nice that we can do it. Uh, it's nice to have local voices in there. Um, you know, Simon has given myself the opportunity. You know, Graham has stepped in a couple of times, and and Andrew. You know, obviously, I think I think Dicko is he's a, he's a natural at it now. I really enjoy listening to him. Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, yeah, and. And even when Davey comes in, you know, it's just nice that it is the local feel to it. You know, we, we, we just, okay, it's nice to have that when, well, we don't want players injured, obviously, but when the, the boys are injured, whatever they come up, they, they give their piece. It's nice to see their view on the game. But yeah, I think, well, I hope I hope the, the fans enjoy the, the local accent or they, they might cringe a little bit. I'm not too sure now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to get... I I want to I want to get into this with you, Marty. I I'm so excited to have you on because like you're one of the guys that from my formative days of watching the Giants. Like I I used to go to tell the story a million times. But here we go, go again. To, used to go to the ice bowl on a Saturday night. After <laughs> went to watch the Glens and then went to the ice bowl on a Saturday night. So I was aware of some of the guys before they became Belfast Giants, and then to go and watch them playing for my hometown team instead of the Casseray Knights or whoever that happened to be at the time. But like that first season. Um, there had been Christmas Jimsey. We were talking about him the other day. It's, it's just the anniversary of his first shutout. There's Mark, um, Graham, yourself, uh, other young lads that came in because of the sort of the, the downfall of the ISL and the elite league starting up. And, and Rob Stewart obviously bringing a lot of the younger guys in. How did it all come about for you? How did you get that first? There's a chance for you to be a Belfast Giant call. Um, well. I, I knew I knew with the collapse of Super League that there was going to be changes. There was going to be more British players needed, and then 
I was told that there could be a chance one or two of us may be selected to go, you know, to be with the Giants. And uh, it was, I knew my name was in the mix with the likes of Mo and, and Wally and um, a couple of others. And just I remember I just training hard. It was it was um, about June time. I remember I was just driving up to the gym up in David Lloyd's and. Rob Stewart, I didn't know it was Rob Stewart, but I just got this random phone call and it was Rob and I was like, hey, Rob Stewart here, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> how do you? And he goes, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to look at a couple of you guys. Um, and um, like I was already I was already training quite hard, obviously hoping for something like this to happen. And, and obviously it happened. And then uh, he was just like, look, we're, we're going to have a bit of a training camp in August. And can you make it? And I remember I was going on holiday. Uh, was going away to Pamanova and a group of us going and uh I just I got home the day that camp or the, I got home um the day before the camp was started so yeah I was um I was I certainly changed my plans on that trip it wasn't the, the party <laughs> that we were going to do mixing <laughs> in some waters um yeah no it worked out well on the training camp and then it just progressed from there I, Joel, before you go, I don't want this to become like a, a, one, oh, a one-on-one between me and Marty, but this has been a long time me waiting for this kind of shit. Um, um, <laughs> <laughs> nice, David. Obviously, Wally went on to make, and, and please don't take us wrong, Wally went on to make like nearly 700 appearances, Mo nearly 400. Why didn't it just not work out the same? It really just two seasons over... You, you had that first season, then it went away for a few years, came back and went away. It just never really stuck. What happened? I don't know. You know, I, I can't touch with this with um, Joel back at one of the games um, right. a couple of weeks ago. And I've had so many highs with the chance. And then there's been a lot of lows as well. And, and them lows were just not being signed. Um, my first season was with Rob. And then, unfortunately, Rob wasn't signed. He then moved on to oh, Sheffield yeah. Steelers. And I was in, I was out in America. I was in Camp America, the, <clears throat> excuse me, in a kids' sports camp, and I was just in contact with Tony Hand. You know, we were emailing back and forth, etc. And he just says, "You you want to come skate this summer? The boys are going to skate. I think it was Tuesdays and Thursdays." I just explained my situation, said I'd be home mid-August and I'd be straight on the ice. So I did that. Um, but when I arrived, there was a couple of guys there. I think, oh, goodness, I can't remember. It was it Dermot Kelly? He kind of showed up. Yeah, yeah. He showed up. Um, so, like, so I started training with the boys. I was then training right up to the day we were due to go to Sheffield. And then um, I thought I, I, I had all my stuff packed. And then Tony just pulled me and just says, um, Look, we're just going to hang fire here for a bit. Um, you know, you're not, you're not going to be on the flight tonight to the Sheffield and then um so I, I came to training and then I I was just training about two or three weeks and the boys were playing week in week out and then I just spoke to Tony and just says look you know what are you signing me what's going on here there's been about seven or eight games going on and he just said look yeah you're not you're not part of my plan so I just had to just take it on the chin and and just contact um, my old coach and, and Dumfries and then go or Solway, the Solway Sharks, and then and then just head back to them. Then with my seconds, it, you know, obviously I was always trying to knock on the door to get back into the team when uh, Courtney then was brought in. Yeah. He he had a few tryouts 
I contacted Ed and he says, yeah, come, come skate. So he, um, he gave Davey Moe, um, Mark Marson's brother, um, he gave him, mm-hmm. he picked the two of us. Uh, he says, look, I'll give you, Davey, I'll give you a weekend. And he just said, Marty, I'll give you a weekend. And then after the weekend, um, the, the weekends I played, it was against Sheffield Steelers. I remember I was in the starting lineup with Mo and uh, Mark Levers. I was like flipping my first game back and I was full of confidence. It even put us in the power, I think it put us in the power play at the end because we were winning so well. And I was like, oh, it's okay. so anyway, yeah, Ed phoned me the next day and just said, yeah, you know, I want to I take you on board. And so that, yeah, the season is, you know, ups, highs and lows. I was playing, I wasn't playing. And, and you know, you're getting a regular shift and all of a sudden there could be a couple of weeks, you know, you weren't getting, you weren't getting a shift. Team wasn't maybe winning or performing the way they wanted. And then just at the end of the season, you know, it would have been them. You would have heard different boys being signed, and um, you know, you would see Mo getting signed, Graham getting signed, and then I would have been contacting Ed, saying, "Ed, what's going on?" And you would be like, "Oh, it's in my hands. It's in Todd's hands." And then I would contact Todd and say, "Todd, look, it's it's getting close. What's going on?" And then he would be like, "No, it's in Ed's hands." And then I was just like, oh. "So then, yeah, I just had to, just had to look down the road of." of Going elsewhere, and then lucky enough, um, the Dundalk Bulls were, were kind of being formed there, mm-hmm. so I was able to then go and join them and do the the whole Celtic League, and then do a bit of Irish League with obviously the influx at the time of the Celtic Tiger. You would have had a lot of Latvians and a lot of Polish players, so the standard was decent enough, you know, in that league. But yeah, as I say, some awesome times, but then you know, a couple of personal, um, you know, you felt felt pretty pretty gutted, but. Yeah, you just got to try and pick yourself up and, and just enjoy. You know, I'm, I'm a hockey fan first and foremost. And, you know, once you once you get playing, playing with any team and you, and you get that buzz back, you know, it, it, keeps, you, it keeps you positive. And that's that's the way, that's the way I dealt with it as such. It's it's probably not the right forum now. We, we, we can't go. We could. I could go on for hours with you about this, Marty, because obviously there's the, there's the individual highs and lows there. And you're talking about Davy Morrison, obviously. And you could probably feel quite empathetic for him because you were not so much. He was your mate, and he didn't get picked, and you get picked, or it was going to be vice versa. And you what you knew what it was like not to, to get that roster spot and really want it. And and I I guess I can still feel a bit of that sting from you, like however many 10, 15 years later. Is I know doing the Giants TV will never replace playing, but is it nice to be back in the ASSA, back in the Odyssey, and back involved yeah, again to a certain extent, at least? Yeah, I, I do. I really, I truly do love it. Um, kind of once I was let go, that was it. The only, the only contact I would have had. Well, obviously, you know, with Mo and and Graham and, and Chris McGinnis, you know, I good friends with them, and then like of Gareth Roberts, um, you know, I still would have stayed in contact with them, but. I just would have contacted the likes of, you know, James Glover, who obviously I know through, you know, playing in line and things like that. Um, I just would have said, look, try and get to one or two games a year. And he would have looked after me with, ticket, with tickets. And then obviously then when Simon then got more involved, and Simon and I go way back, I've knew, I've knew, I've knew since, since I've been seven, eight years old. So, um, you know, obviously I was, he would have contacted me more to say about, you know, we're, we're doing a, maybe a, not a tribute night, but like a, appreciation night for say taff or for you know so i was getting a little more involved as things went on and then 
I was once once my my son came along. He's two and a half now, and I, I was more or less um, pestering says every every Sunday game to, to bring him to get tickets for for my son and, and my my family and stuff. And it has then to be an early face off. Has to be an early face off for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Has to be early on. And then and then it was for says then to to then say uh, are you free to come do commentary with me? And I was like, wow, I don't know what I'm doing, but um, I don't you know. Obviously, I know I know half the team at the minute, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come in and he just says, yeah, we'll just have a laugh. And then since we've done that, it's just it's just progressed. So yeah, it, I do I do feel a little bit more involved again, and it's nice to see you know to have a good chat with Steve Thornton. Um, you know, it's nice to nice to be kind of back on talking terms again with the guys. I knew that that was coming. Uh, Davey absolutely robbed my question there, but this was always going to be a Davey Marty <laughs> chat, uh, and that's what we all signed up for, because I could sit back and listen to you go as well, pull up a couple of sandbags and listen to the old-timers go. Like, <laughs> no, don't mean that, Marty. I, I don't know, I don't know if uh, anybody's explained to you, but I'm really, really young compared to these two, so I wasn't really around whenever you were doing your thing um, with the Giants. Um, it's actually it's been really lovely to meet you this season, and, and you're one of not not to pump your tires here on your on your first pod appearance, but you're one of those guys where uh, you you know when you meet somebody and five minutes later you're just spilling your guts to each other. You know, it's one of those very accessible, easy to talk to people, um, and uh, some of those kind of brief chats we've had up in media. Um, I I got onto the subject of fatherhood. You were obviously talking about your young fella, and and I'm I'm sort of staring down the barrel of my first at the end of March. Um, and the thing that sort of stuck with me was that you know if if I if I was in your shoes and and far be it for me to ever try and put myself in, in someone who's played <laughs> for the Giants' shoes. But if I was you, I would see that, uh, you know, being back now, doing what you do as an opportunity to sort of open that world up to to your kids. You know, you, you can sort of, be, being back, doing what you do, you can sort of show and be like, this is what daddy used to do, you know? Like, this this used to be kind of, uh, this, this was my stomping ground. I played in front of thousands of people. Um, is, is it nice? Is it like an opportunity that way where you're able to show a side of your life that, that maybe you thought had kind of was over, was past, whatever else, and to be back, to be active, to have a, a role in the Giants org um, and to sort of uh, be able to show your, your boy that, that world now through through your eyes? I just, oh, we just we've just lost uh we've lost uh Marty from the studio there but but listen uh, we'll come back to your question one of the questions we'll ask him is, is about that first goal but Marty is a is a phenomenal talent with regards to we've seen what he'd done for the Belfast Giants as a local lad Joel it's just you know being come in and be the player that he was was excellent it's special to me like that that kind of thing like I even in my time you know obviously I talk about kind of only really becoming a big part of my life in like 2010 and, and even I remember guys like you know Robbie Brown Jordan Scott Brown even way back the guys who played one oh, or two yeah. games and, and you know uh, obviously uh, Garth Roberts and, and being able to see Mo come back for a bit Graham Walton you know one of my first icons and, and Dicko doing what he does those guys are special to you because you can see yourself in them and it's something that Davey talks really well about you know people that we, we with the best of the world God knows I couldn't pull skates on and go and do what they do so they're, they're guys who if they weren't on the ice, they'd be in the stands. And there's something a bit more special about that than, you know, being able to see them. Even Adam Robinson, obviously, Rob, got to, to pull the jersey on and now Mac and Kel. And I know I'm missing some, but um, yeah, there's just an extra layer of special whenever it's guys that you know that if you weren't watching them out doing their out there doing their thing, wearing the jersey, you'd probably be in the bar having a pint with them talking about the game. Um, that's what makes seeing our local guys kind of just so special, I guess. I think Dave, you take a special thing from that as well. Obviously, with 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 Mo, with Marty, with 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 Wally, uh, you know, and some guy called Majemsi. Terrible surname. <laughs> uh, it's just like 
and you still get it to this day, okay, with, with really Deco, you know, representing Northern Ireland, Max Stewart, obviously, coming in, KLBD, these young guys, and obviously they're so much younger than me now, and you, you've got a certain sense of pride. You almost have a fatherly pride now at seeing these young lads coming in, but whenever, and, and you do make a good point, Joel, that you know you are good but younger than us, whenever these guys were coming in, they were, uh, they were peers, they were the same age as us, but yeah. they were playing for the Giants, and we were going to watch guys our age on Belfast, playing for Belfast, and it was like you wanted Mo to score, you wanted Murray to score, you wanted Wally to come up with a big block, or you know, Chris McGimsey getting a shutout. All these things that happened that made us so happy because you could see, not that it would ever happen, you could see yourself in their skates. That was the thing about it. You know, you could see yourself being... Mark Marsh, I wanted to be a Motrian, you know, that's just what I wanted. And, and of course, it was never going to happen. But, you know, they give us a lifetime of memories through this, this that 10-year period or whatever it was. Won everything. When you go back and you look at, at Mo, he won the league, he won the playoffs, he won the crossover cup, you know, knockout cup, charity shield, you name it. You know, they, they, they won it in that period. Guy from Ballybane. You know what I mean? He was living the dream. He was living the dream. Playing pro hockey. What we all wanted to do. In pro hockey. Now, not getting a King's Ransom for doing it either. All having to work during the day, you know, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make ends meet, to go on a Saturday night. To, and they came up the hard way. They came up with the, the, the long boat trips and the bus runs to Aberdeen and the bus runs to Elgin and the bus runs to, you know, here, there and everywhere across the UK mm-hmm. just to play the sport. And then when they became pros, my goodness, what a story! Like, but you could do like, you could do a podcast with Marty on his own, like a one on one. It would be amazing, right? I think we got him back. Marty, you back with us? Oh, love you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Lovely. turn your phone sideways, mate. Just turn it side so we get a better. There we go. That's much better, Joel. Yeah, Marty, I, I, I do. Like, it's it's a question I've been dying to ask you. And I've said to you a couple of times about coming on to the show because because I wanted to kind of talk about that. It's really interesting to me. And, and like I said, we sort of had those kind of chats up in media and stuff. Um, it, I, I, not to repeat myself, but it must be special for you now to have an active role in the organization and to be able to to kind of you know uh, sh- show show the kid what 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 sort of daddy used to do. Yeah, no, you're 100 right. Um, obviously, when my son Sebastian was born. I wasn't doing any ice, so it was just or any mm-hmm. hockey at all. I was just um, doing a bit of cycling, done a couple of triathlons, etc. And he would have came along, cheered me on. But obviously, yeah, uh, he sees pictures around the house, and he sees a couple of my jerseys and things like that. And yeah, it's been nice to bring him to the games. It's now nice for him to, to kind of hear me and, and see me doing a wee bit of the the commentary. Obviously, we we look back at the YouTube. Um, YouTube highlights for my wife to criticize me or maybe help me. <laughs> but um, yeah, also I'm back up skating again. Uh, I would skate with the guys on on a Wednesday night, the SNL chance. So I would skate with them, and then obviously like so Rob and, and Shane Johnson would come along and skate. So you see me, you see me skate up in the ice ball, yeah. So um, yeah, I think I think with him coming along, it sparked me to kind of show him what I, what I used to do and it'd be nice if there was a testimonial coming up somewhere down the line and I could maybe skate in the arena again that would be awesome but um no it's, it's, it's crazy isn't it? it's crazy that what, what you know having a child actually sparks you to, to do again and uh, to reignite you you hit you got that 100 right 
And, and would, would it be something that that you would? No, I, I don't. I wouldn't say kind of push or whatever. But um, is is there any interest in hockey from his perspective? W- would you like to see him sort of strap the skates on and and see what he can do and and, and maybe have a, a future? Yeah, definitely. I'm not. You know, he's going to go we, we play football out the back. We go swimming. You know, well, we, we paddle about, mess about. Um, we've got littler hockey table. We've got Flocky with the floor hockey set. So yeah, we're, we're we're doing all that. So we're just yeah, we're going through all the sports, and we'll see what he wants to do. We we'll go we'll go up to the ice bowl for a little skate. I'll put him on the little um, got the little bears and penguins there. I'll put a pair of skates on, so he can actually walk in the skates, which is it was really really surprised me. That's more than I can do. So <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's already halfway there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just he just like obviously um, he's just he, hopefully in the next. Say six months, you'd be able to maybe stand stand on the ice and things like that. But I'm not going to push it. You know, it's all it's all fun at the minute, and we'll just take it from there. Yeah, Marty, let me read you something. Something from um, February 2004. The game is Belfast Giants seven, <laughs> London Racers one. Uh, I was just busting down the right wing, and Kelman picked me out, so I got a puck, on, puck in a lot of space. I saw the top left corner of the net open. I was confident enough to put the puck in that position, and luckily enough, it went in. I couldn't believe it. I didn't know what to do. The first uh, first goal scored by a local lad for the Belfast Giants is such a remarkable part of our history. Um, give us your memories of that. Uh, I can just remember getting a regular shift in that game. Um, it was a Sunday game, so we had travelled. I think we travelled that morning, so it was kind of weird because obviously we're always used to, to kind of you know, home games you didn't you didn't really travel and uh, something unique. And yeah, I got a regular shift on the third line, and I think that statement's wrong. It was Paxton that fed me the puck, but I think I was a bit excited um, after scoring the goal. I give Calman down as the, the assist, but um, yeah, we we were winning the game by by lots. Yeah, and when I scored, I just I just realised, wow, this is. I'd scored previously away twice, and then I knew that I was the first guy, then first local to score at home. And yeah, I just went crazy. And I can just remember Paxton kind of jumping, you know, a couple of guys jumping into the board, into the board. I think Mo was on with us at the time. And um, after I'd scored, <coughs> Paxton was just like, "What are you doing? You got to do a lap of honor." And uh, I'm like, we're like, we're like stepping one up, you yeah, one up. <laughs> And he's like, he cares, he cares, just do it. And uh, I, I remember like going around waving the fans and coming over to the bench and all the guys like, well done, well done. And then Curtis Bone goes, how embarrassing, we're winning the game. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you let him um, take that away from you. I, didn't I know, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> but, did, did, did somebody pick up the puck for you? Um, yeah, and I... You know what? Uh, yeah, Paxton did, and I'm really hoping it's it's in my dad's garage because uh, I, I don't have it in my house, and yeah. I don't know what's happened. And it, it could have been a case of you know pucking the bottom of the hockey bag and then just misplacing it. But I'm sure if we dig deep in the garage, there's a lot of lot of old stuff in there, a lot of old sticks, jerseys, etc. So. Yeah, it should it should be in a, in a more special place than that. But yeah, just you know, obviously misplaced it, and then as time goes on, you kind of you forget about it and such. 
Another, the another. Sorry, sorry, Joel. Sorry, do you have the jersey? That's an unbelievable photo, by the way. I've never seen that before. But those are big sellies. Those are big shoulder pads <laughs> too. But you, do you have that jersey still? I don't have that jersey. I have the away jersey of that oh, season. I remember, but I remember. Obviously, we used to have to give our jerseys, you know, for for different charities and different yeah things that, that run on within the organisation. But I remember Sis saying to me, oh, "I've got one of your jerseys got one. and I was kept on saying, "Where is it? Give me, give me." And he was like. Yeah, you know, when we were traveling back and forth to Dundalk because he was part of the coach and staff, he never gave me it. And then I think I pushed him a couple of years ago, say, says, what, what about that jersey? Yeah, I just gave it to charity or something. <laughs> 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 the other, The other thing about that, the other thing about that game, Marty, is that um, obviously you scored 7-7-1, seven, seven, but... Um, Christmas Jimsy came in to go as well at the end of that game. So to have that sort of additional aspect of of local hockey in that game was was brilliant. It was. It was nice. It was you know, you you was always, you're always praying for a bit of a lead to get to get more ice, to be more involved. And then, you know, Chris, there would have been games there, maybe 10, 15 games he wouldn't have touched the ice. Colin Ryder was just, you know, mm. game in, game out. I'm sure he was he was busted. So it was nice. When we could get that cushion to bring Chris in and, and show that he was a good, a good netminder, and Chris was Chris was a great guy, still is a great guy, we still stay in contact every now and again, and yeah, you just want to just want to play hockey with your buddies, don't you? And obviously, within the great organisation that is the Belfast Chance, obviously to have the pros bring you along as well. It um, it was fun times and very enjoyable times. It, Marty will probably have a walk down memory in a game with a hundred percent. Well, you don't have to say yes, but a hundred percent. We'll ask you back on the podcast again and take one of these walk down memory. In. But let's let's bring it back to twenty twenty three Belfast Giants, where we are now. We're going on this road trip this week. First leg cup semi final, two big games on the road. Cardiff coming off their Continental Cup runner up spot, and uh, Nottingham Panthers. Who obviously, we played twice last weekend. Um, Giants are right in the hunt here. Yeah, they are, and with with all the new additions and, and a bit of shuffling going on, you know, obviously the team isn't fully settled yet. Um, you know, we we've seen flashes of brilliance, and then obviously we've seen a bit of teething problems as well. But with this only being what six points off Guildford, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of hockey still to be played, and if like the Ericsson looks looks great, and um, you know, I think once he gets far in there with with Conway and and Goodwin, I mean, yeah, six points, a couple of games. Well, obviously, we've still got three more games against Guildford. You know, a lot, a lot can happen. And, um, you know, the, the Giants have been bold, haven't they, with, with some shrewd moves. And, you know, it's, it, they believe it'll pay off, and, and I believe it, it will too. We're, we're probably to. going to – sorry, Paddy, we're probably going to go on after you, you move on here, Marty, to talk about Peyton Jones. Just your – your own thoughts from being inside that locker room dynamic when someone just all of a sudden is gone? Yeah, that was a tough one. I listened to your podcast last week with Peyton Jones and I was impressed with how positive he was with dealing with disappointment, uh, you know, kind of getting over it and then and then cheering the boys on. And then, yeah, I for him then... I've listened. I've read different reports, and I believe he, you know, he's left on off his own bat. And I can maybe understand because he, he maybe doesn't want to be part of a three-man, you know, rotation, or I don't know what 
what the full ins and outs were, but you can maybe see his point of view, but at the same time, you know, look, it's it's tough on it. It's really, I'm, I'm getting mulled up here with words and what I'm saying, but yeah, for me, I, I would have liked to see them stay. I think they could have learned a lot. The two younger boys, obviously, Peyton Jones, uh, Whistle, and um, Dick, you know, Dick, they could learn a lot off Basco, and I think, I think there's, Bigger things to come with Besco. I think obviously he was assistant coach last year. You know he's going to step in. Well, he's, I think is he, he is assistant coach again, isn't he? Or he's, stay, he's helping out the boys again in, in a certain capacity. Yeah, and you know so I think there's bigger things for him in future. So yeah, I wish wish Peyton had just stayed in and, and you know stay with the team. But yeah, it's, it's you know goalies are different, aren't they? The players as well. It, it's hard to get into that world with with what their mindset is at times. But, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one there. Marty, listen, we've loved having you on, loved hearing the stories and, and, and continue doing great things on Belfast Giants TV. You know, because obviously, like myself uh, myself and, and my esteemed colleague, Mr. Majemsi here, you know, that's our connection back home to a lot of games. So hearing two local voices and two knowledgeable voices such as yourself says, and, you know, also Deco is just wonderful. You're doing a great job there. And uh, we're really delighted you were able to come on. And uh, hopefully you'll come and join us again. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep, and uh, I'll see you guys. Give me a share when you're over, and uh, you get to get the hook up. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Thank Thanks you very much. Thank you. Big thanks to Gareth Martin for his time. That was absolutely fantastic. You know, a guy who's got such history with the, with the Belfast Giants and what he achieved in his first stint there and the goals he scored. Just lovely to have him on and, and a good guy to boot. So, you know, thanks mm-hmm. to Marty for, for, for coming on and joining us there. And no doubt we'll have him on again for another chat and Davey can talk for another half hour with him. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy that. The, the, the saying never meet your heroes and I did this with Mo I was talking to Kate Morrison not so long ago like never meet your heroes I'm so glad and so fortunate that we do this to yes. get to meet people that years 100%. ago were your hero and they still are to this day and whenever I get a chance to talk about the Belfast Giants of bygone day of yore these are the guys whose names come up along with the, the Jason Rups and stuff that they played with and the Paxton Shuldies and, and Marty and, and, and Mo and Wally and all, whenever you get to talk to them, they're, they're, they never change, never change, guys. It's, it's just that we're so very, very fortunate to do this. Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, big thanks to Marty for coming on. As was mentioned there, there was we're going to move on to what was a bit of a major story in the last week. We did lose Derek and Jelly from the locker room in the last week as well, and he has moved on to Pastors New as a sort of a you know some of the some of the new faces that are coming in, and and, and Jelly was one of the players to be cut. And then the other one was uh, Peyton Jones, a player that we had on just last week as the View from the Bridge December Player of the Month. Um, uh, got really good feedback with regards to how he was, you know, his attitude, and it was it was wonderful to see. But unfortunately. Unfortunately, um, it was announced just the other day that he was departing the Belfast Giants. It has been suggested there from Gareth Morton was off his own bat. Um, and he is today, sorry, yesterday, <coughs> sorry, yesterday, he was uh, announced as uh, as now part of the Nottingham Panthers setup. Um, business is business. Um, you know, this, Joel, is a massive call, in my opinion, by the Belfast Giants. It is. Um, I. I sort of said uh, just a couple of weeks ago on this very show that uh, uh, we are in a privileged position that the ownership of the Belfast Giants understands that the success of uh, a team 
um, is is driven by its success on the ice. You know, the business success of the team is driven by its success on the ice. And it sounds like such an easy lesson that everybody should kind of know. It sounds like sports 101, but there are a great many teams and a great many sports that don't seem to, to have learned that lesson. Um, and, and they just think that, that the product is there and people will come regardless. Um, the Giants have been brave enough, uh, and maybe this year more than than any other that I can remember, um, to to sort of make the moves and and to to commit financially uh, to making those moves. Because I mean, we talk about it every week at the minute. Look at the numbers coming through the door right now. Um, I think those people want to come and see the Belfast Giants win. They come for big games. They they get up for it whenever it's a cup game, a cup semi, whatever else. That that cup semi final or quarterfinal second leg against the Panthers was the hottest ticket in town. Nobody could get near tickets for it. Look at the Christmas period whenever the Giants were turning things around so it's not always going to be a happy ending you know in, in my perfect wee world as the eternal optimist there's a place for everybody and everybody gets along and everything's perfect sport is a cutthroat business at every level around the world and unfortunately decisions have to be made for the for in the interests of the wider organization and um, personally I I hope Peyton Jones goes on to have a stellar career I think he's a great pro I think he's a, a mature really kind-hearted person uh, i think he's a, a wildly talented goaltender um, and i hope that he that he goes on to have a, a successful long career you don't have to uh, you don't have to list the the sort of reasons why tyler beskarwani is worthy of a slot on the belfast giants for what he's done um you know let's let's not have short-term memories here tyler beskarwani was the rock that brought titles to this place um and as i think maybe you said it david a few weeks ago if the best goaltender in the league is available uh, and he's knocking the door why, why wouldn't you take him so listen i'm i'm, I'm not smart I'm not on the inside of those conversations. I don't know what was said and whose intentions are what. Um, I just think that you probably have to have a bit of faith in the people that are driving and uh, that they know what they're doing because uh, put me in those shoes and I certainly wouldn't. So it's it's thanks and cheerio to Peyton. I hope he does really well and stays healthy and has a great career. Um, but we certainly are not left uh, short at the back. David, it's a, it's a. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not a difficult situation for the organization. It absolutely is a difficult situation for the organization because you've you've brought in Tyler Besker on it, and we don't need to we don't need to rehearse those uh, those reasons again. They they are there, you know. And when a when a player is available of that standard, he comes in. But that does leave us with two net two important netminders who, you know. Aren't going to get the start every night of the week, and you've got Jackson Whistle, who's also performing. So we've got three top-level netminders, and then Dicko backing up as well. But it's like you've got so there's a battle there. Also, the Belfast Giants want to make changes, so there's there's business there's a business element to this as well. Where I struggle with this from a personal point of view is that you know hearing Peyton Jones last week and seeing the statistics that he's had over the last month, he was December's Player of the Month for an absolute reason for the for the for the numbers he's been putting up on the bit he's been playing. He was an informed goalie that that has gone a young informed goalie who could have been a Belfast Giants starting netminder for a number of seasons, but because of the way the business is set and that it has to go, then then he's off. Personally, I don't like it. That's a personal point of view. I would have liked to have seen him stay. But as I said, business is business, and I don't always have to like it. As Corey Nielsen very much Is that a question? Said to you, is that a question? I'm, I'm asking. I'm, I'm asking <laughs> I, it's, 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 I knew that was coming. As I finished that sentence, I knew the Corey Nielsen quote was going to come in. But no, <laughs> I'm just asking for your for your point of view on, on what to place and the, my, uh, Peyton my Jones opinion on, on, the, on the Peyton Jones situation. Um, yes. If... Um, you had a Scott Conway suddenly came on the market. If you had a Pat Dwyer, for example, came on the market, or you had a Griffin Reinhardt or Calvin Elfring, somebody, you know, 
who had stepped down from playing, got away from the game a couple of months later, said, you know what, I want to give it one more go. Um, you look at upgrades. Tyler Beskowani is the best goaltender in the league. Um, so as Joel said, if he's available, you, you go and get him. Um, personally, I... And, and like I'm not an Adam Keith and I'm not a Steve Thornton. It's not my job to to pick rosters. So we can play fantasy football here all we want, fantasy hockey. I personally would have liked to have seen Peyton Jones as a Belfast Giants goaltender for a number of seasons. And I think I talked last week about the opportunity and I asked Besco and I asked Peyton Jones about working with each other and learning from each other. And do I think Tyler Beskarwani could have taken Peyton Jones then even to another level? Yes, I do. Could I have seen Peyton Jones back? It all depends. This all this all rotates or this all forms around what Tyler Beskarawani is going to do. Yes, does he give a great chance of winning a championship over the next three months? Of course he does. Is Tyler Beskarawani coming back in August and September? Who knows? Don't know. Don't know what the circumstances are. Marty alluded to Tyler Beskarawani stepping off the ice in the you know um, coaching roles. Is that in North America? Is there opportunities for him in Belfast? Whatever. Anyway. Cut a long story short, I would have liked to have seen Peyton Jones. You go through this cycle of now, we probably are looking for a, another import goaltender in August. Mm. There's maybe plenty out there. Steve Thornton knows the market much better than we'll ever know the market. Um, sure. But I would have loved to have seen. I, I just thought I'd seen enough of Peyton Jones from mid-October on, say. He had a rough start. He had to come straight in. First time outside North America, young lad, straight in the CHL game against top-level opposition. Didn't start well for him. And then, obviously, had a bit of a slow start and a rocky start in the EIHL Challenge Cup where he was in and out and numbers weren't great and stuff. It took a little bit of time to settle down and find his feet in the role, which, unfortunately, in, in this league, as we talk about, and I may as well ding it every week, two points, blah, blah, blah. You, you don't get time to settle in this league. You have to come in and be that top, you know, that 92% guy from the start. And I would say, fortunately or unfortunately, he came so good. And Jackson, as, as a pairing, they've been outstanding. They, they've, they've dovetailed lovely. Um, their numbers are really good. And they, they've brought us to the second week in January, just within touching distance of the top of the table. They played the Guildford Flame two or three times. They Sheffield Steelers two or three times. We're in the hunt. And those guys brought us this far. Now, you, you get one of your you know baseball analogies, you know, is is Besco come is it the closure you call them? You know, is Besco nice. going to be? Is that what they call them? You know, is, is Besco going to be come in here and be the closure? Maybe. Let's hope so. Touch wood. And you know what? I don't think there'd be anybody happier for the Belfast Giants and their fans and Peyton Jones. I get that impression from the guy. Now, I also don't wish him any success with the Northern Panthers. I wish <clears> him great success in his career. Would I? Would. I can't ever see it happening now because of the circumstances. Would I love to see a Peyton Jones back in Belfast? Yeah, why not? Um, it's just hard. It's the business. You've said it yourself, Paddy. It's sport. It's it's brutal sometimes. And one of the really great things, and we've just talked about making friends with like Marty and Mo and different guys in the locker room that you get a wee bit closer to because you become friendly with them. Peyton Jones is lovely. He's one of the nicest guys I've ever met around the locker room. And that becomes mm. more difficult to cut the cut the cord there, if you know what I mean. Yep. Sports mm. brutal. He's moved on. He moves on with uh, just seeing the outpouring of respect for him on Twitter. He came across so well last week. I think he garnered yep. a, a whole new range of fans from people that were on the fence about him. Um, but, you know, he's, he's gone and you, you get behind the guys that are here and 
and hope they backstop us to great success. Here, here. As I said, he was. Uh, <clears throat> it didn't take very long for Omar Pasha banned from, uh, <laughs> to, um, Still to, to, to jump on the opportunity to bring in a netminder of that caliber into Nottingham Panthers. So they have let go of uh, of Jack Berry, and, and he's he's now moving on. And he comes in. No, he's he comes sitting with Alex Debeau, Um and that matter we've just spent you know 20 30 minutes talking about Light, how well he played against Belfast yeah. and how lights out he was so there will be a, a battle there but you know if, if anybody can sustain it nothing can sustain in regards to like the, from the, from, the from watching now. a good bit of the and Panthers over the last few months goaltending ain't their issue <laughs> no it definitely <laughs> isn't defenses, like defensively defensively they're shocking but uh Moses but that's how we listen defense better for the next, for the next, for, for the next three months, for the next three months at, we, at least, I don't wish uh, Pitt and Jones any luck whatsoever. Um, where we, where the luck goes after that, you know, in his career, I hope, it, I hope he does well. But uh, yeah, sad to see him depart from the Belfast Giants. But uh, we move on. Um, Julie, we're running a bit late. Give us a few bits of news. Yeah, we sure are. We'll just take a quick look around the league, boys. Um, but it's, it's a it's a long one tonight. Uh, this past week in the Viaplay Elite Ice Hockey League on Thursday, the Coventry Blaze travelled to Brayhead, kicking the week off with a five three win over the Glasgow Clan. Um, on Friday, the Manchester Storm were beating six three at home against the Sheffield Steelers, and the Dundee Stars took it to the shootout against the Coventry Blaze in Scotland, winning four three. On Saturday, the Guildford Flames travelled to Yorkshire, defeating the Steelers four two in front of an absolutely monstrous home crowd fair play there as well it's a big old barn that they keep filling um and it was uh derby day in the kingdom of fife where the glasgow clan took down the flyers 5-4 with the help of a shootout um on sunday the clan returned home to make it four points out of six on the week with a 5-2 win over the stars and that actually lifts them off the foot of the table who saw that coming at the start whenever it was the biggest gong show i've ever seen in the league um, it was a good day for the unders in Coventry, uh, where a shootout decided a nil-nil draw for the Blaze against the Flyers, that <laughs> one nil, and the Guildford Flames kept it rolling with a six-four victory over the Storm. <clears throat> excuse me, the Storm at the Spectrum on Sunday, leaving them three points clear at the top of the table. The only other bit of news, as we referenced earlier, can't remember, did we? Um, we've been here a long time. The Cardiff Devils went into the final day of the Continental Cup on Sunday, needing a regulation win over Slovak side HK Mitra <laughs> in Andre France, and. Did us all proud with a three-two defeat. Didn't see it. He's just, he's, <laughs> you just absolutely hate to see it. So uh, really, the, really, the big, the big really tray really is not coming back to Cardiff Bay. Um, sorry, really, really disappointed for them. Really <laughs> yeah, but no, I had uh, lots of pals out there who it looks like they had an unreal weekend. Continental Cup is a great experience if you get to go on the road. So hopefully everybody is currently hammering the sulfonines and eating Chinese's. What? You have friends that are Cardiff fans. Oh, I've got friends everywhere, mate. Weirdo. He's got, he's got <laughs> friends in low places. Uh, <laughs> yep, th- thanks to that, Julie. A nil-nil in, in Coventry. I, I Not the, only, the only nil-nil I remember watching from a Giants perspective was one in Sheffield. Uh, it was it must have been about six, seven years ago. In, from what I can see. Talk me talking of nil-nils, and I don't have the stats in front of me, and my memory, because this is going back, the playoff final, two thousand. Two semi final against Sheffield as well. I was 2003. 2003, it was a nil nil decided on penalty shots. That was a nil nil as well, wasn't it? You're right, absolutely right. It was a nil nil. Kevin Real with the winning goal. Kevin Real with the winning goal on penalty shots. It could be wrong, but that that nil nil, I think there was only one goal in the shootout as well. The goal that actually decided it was, there was. That's Kevin Real's goal. And that was, um, 
ran back against Joel Lang, two of the best netminders in the league at that time, and they 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 shut everybody out, and only one goal went down. And then else. talking about pulling up a sandbag, Joel. The very next day, we won the we won the lot with two Shane Johnson slap shots against the killed Shane Johnson killed the London Knights. <laughs> they never that was their last ever game they never played again Shane Johnson oh, just yeah. them in. that was the end of that his former <laughs> team as well oh, what, what a shame the old Johnny shame. curse but yeah. so, anyway that's thanks for that, Patrick Smith right, but thanks for that Joel we're not done yet with this show um, we've got three games coming up in the next week uh, and the first one is the Flames against the Giants Wednesday at 7.30 at the Spectrum and you get that on Flames TV and uh, earlier on Mr. Majemse had a chat with the head coach of the Guildford Flames, Paul Dixon. Coach, um, fair to say, if you were asked to draw up a season back in August and what it would look like in January, this wouldn't be too far from what you'd want. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, as any summer, you go in, um, you know, you, you recruit your team and you never really know how it's going to work. Um, you know, you can put all your pieces together and not until you get everybody on the ice um, and see what you've got. But, um, you know, for us so far, um, more than happy with our season up to this point. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is with the team so far is they've they've really bought in to obviously our system player and our structure and what we're doing. And I think that's been the biggest compliment I can certainly uh, put towards our team is the buy-in. Um, and I think, you know, every coach is after that buy-in and I'll give uh, our guys full credit to that. They've really bought into um, the team, the philosophy this year. One of the things that we've read and, and, and we've, we've talked about um, across the season, for Guilford Flames versus, if you like, the Sheffield Steelers, the Belfast Giants, Cardiff Devils, the traditional guys that would be up around the top of the league is, is depth. And you've been fairly lucky is not the right term, of course, but injuries now you can maybe come back at me and say that hasn't been the case but you've been fairly you've been able to roll all those guys you know where, where others have maybe faced a little more adversity is is depth something that you're always have your eye on yeah for sure um and you know i think just touching on that and touching on injuries um you know from even from last year we have um tristan fry and Levi Cable. Um, Fry had an operation mid-season for us last year, and he never really played a lot last year, but I wanted to give him the opportunity to come back this year for us um, with that injury fully recovered and obviously have another go. And I think when I spoke with Tristan in the summertime, we were always going to have that 15th um, forward kind of, I, I don't like to call it a spare forward, but yeah. he was always offered that position. And I think we've, um, we did that. And also with Levi Cable, he was in the same predicament. Um, Levi I didn't really find out until the summertime that he needed an operation. So he didn't get his operation. And I think, I think it was about mid, mid August or early August when um, caves and we'd, we'd already signed him to come back. So he obviously had that operation as well. So that pushed us to sign another, um, another forward in the process there. Um, but we've, we've kind of have those two guys and, you know, we've got the two extra forwards at the minute, but with that, on that injury side, we wanted to give both these guys a chance to come back in this year um, with that. So we, we do have that little bit of depth there, but, you know, was it high risk? I don't believe it was because obviously the injury, they, they came through the operation, they did all the rehab and, you know, that's where we are now. So we do kind of have that 16 imports there with the two to, to obviously to bounce around. But, but um, yeah, it's certainly a factor that we looked at. Um, but again, you know, we've been uh, we've been really lucky is, is in this season um, with the injuries so far 
coaches don't necessarily like to single players out. I'll not ask you to single anybody out, but obviously really strong goaltender from him McAdam at the back. And then I suppose the, the guys, it's easy to be drawn just the st- statistics and you've got um, likes of um, Ferguson, Tedesco, Ryan Tate, who personal favourite of mine, such a speedy <laughs> player. You know, he, he's a guy that, is this being condescending? And I hope it's not. Start People are starting to look at the Guildford Flames and saying, those guys could be in any of the teams in this league. No, I, I think you know, I, um, it, it's it's a it's kind of a difficult one to answer because I think even if we we go back to four or five years ago, um, we had very similar players to what we have this year. You know, our our philosophy on how we put a team together hasn't changed. You know, we want we want mobile defensemen, we want a couple of skilled defensemen, obviously as every team does. Um, we want to be a fast team, we want to push the pace, and that's kind of our our style of play. Um, you know, we're not we're not going to be a team that's going to sit back. We're going to be on the front f- foot. We're going to forecheck hard, and you know, with that, that's the style of play that I try to go after and try to sign. But I know you, you go back to the Cali. Akred, the Jesse Craig, the Cruz Reddick, the John Dunbar. And, you know, over the years, we've kind of had four or five of those special kind of players, I would call them, the calibre players. And I think there's no difference this year. Um, I think we've got a few more for the, from the depth of that, um, as you've touched on um, with there. But we also, we have Markland, uh, the Swedish guy. We have Cronella, who I just think, a, again, it just adds up more depth than what we've had in previous years. But going back to, you know, on the, on the back end, obviously, from the British side, we've got O'Connor, who's a very gifted offensive defenseman. We know that um, from being in the league for a long time. I have Lalonde, who, again, you know, his numbers are good for from the offensive side, but then I've got guys on that backhand who are doing a really good job on uh, on how we want to play there. And you touched on it there. Um, Tedesco, obviously, you know, I think very, very similar to Scott Conway uh, in my eyes. Very, very similar. Both them kind of players, same numbers. Uh, you know, I think same style of play. Um, and Ryan Tate, obviously, just he, he is. I think he's one of the fastest guys that I've ever seen. Um, and he makes things happen with that speed. You know, you open up the ice, and um, I think you had a guy was at Boucher last year, very yeah, similar. Um, yeah. You know, again, uh, Sheffield have Letal. Them guys are just on a different pace. Um, you know, with all the respect to everybody else, they really are, and they can make things happen. Um, but no, I think those guys have come in, and um, like I said, but they've they've bought in. They haven't they haven't been alone. They haven't been individually. They've bought into the team structure and how we players suited their game i feel like everything kind of drips down eventually from the nhl if you like that 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 league became faster and faster and steve thornton's always one who says you know speed kills you get that player who's just got wheels that are better than the other team it gives you such a chance yeah, it does. It does. And I mean, we're always trying to sign 14 forwards at that speed. Uh-huh. <laughs> go, go and try and find them. Um, but no, it is. I think the game has. I mean, it's progressed a long way. And I think it is uh, about speed now. And, you know, I think if you can put a team with speed together, I think it gives you that compete. And if you can compete, then you're going to be in games where, you know, the way that I look at it, if you're, if you're big and slow for whatever reason, and this is just my take on it, then, you know, a, a, a speedy team can get around the they can create openings and you know that's kind of where we've gone um, with our philosophy here and again no disrespect to, to, to other coaches who look at it differently everyone's got their own philosophy and like you say over the years the, the game has got faster and for me it is it's it's all about speed and it's about taking the chances at, at home the, the home away but I, I was looking at your numbers and I think it's like 26 out of 32 wins in the in the elite league season so very very strong in the spectrum but you've been good on the road as well 
Yeah, it, it's it's difficult when you get into the obviously the, the the cup finals, the cup semi-finals, and you say home or away first, and it's it's always a difficult one because you know there's there's two ways that you do look at it. If you have your home one first, you get off to a good start, you can put a bit of a margin in there, and then you know. But then on the other hand, if you have your home one second, you know what you've got to do when you get home and use that advantage. So I think it's kind of 50-50. Um, just against Coventry there, we had the home leg first. And to be fair, I mean, we put ourselves in that great position at 5-0 from that home leg to go up to Coventry, knowing just exactly what we had to do in that second leg. So there's a, an example of that, obviously, um, that situation happening, whether it be home or away first. Let's take let's take it on to tomorrow night's game. Um, obviously, lining up against our own Belfast Giants tomorrow night. And... Um, in terms of what you're expecting, you know, at, at the minute it'll just be you've parked the elite league for now. And and are you just like it's, I know it's an old hockey cliche, it's just one game at a time. You're happy or not? Like it's it's not a distraction. The challenge cup isn't a distraction, it's just another game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you set out at the beginning of the uh, the season and there's three trophies up for grabs and, you know, sometimes you have to be realistic in what you can achieve. And we've put ourselves in a really strong position after three and a half months here, um, you know, to be in the mix with Belfast, with Sheffield, with Cardiff. Um, and we're in a really good place. Um, but again, we've you know, we're, we're a little under half a season still left to go. But realistically we're in a semi-final of a cup and we're two games away from a final and I think we have to just look at that for what it is um but again it's it's you do take every game as it comes but there's always you know you go into tomorrow um and I'm sure there's there's a big emphasis on obviously who we're playing and what's at stake here so you know we want to give a good account of ourselves um as Belfast want to get into the final themselves but um you know yeah absolutely it's uh, it is our focus switches for that first leg tomorrow and we don't look really past that I mean we've got a we've got a big weekend um Saturday and Sunday again and then obviously over to Belfast the following Wednesday but it's just what it is literally right now we we focus today we'll train today and obviously get ready for this game tomorrow at home and then um, get that game done and then after that we'll we'll move on obviously to the weekend and just sort of in coming in the land coach if you like um You've put yourselves in such a good position, say three and a half, four months into the season, sit top of the league, cup semi-final, playoff position more or less secured in some form. You're certainly not going to drop outside the top eight, obviously. Um, is it about tempering expectations or is it just big foot in the throat here and just go and try and win every game? Yeah, I just, you know, I think it's kind of, it's nice to be where we are at this point. It really is. But we've worked hard um, to be where we are as well. Um, and like I said, everybody's bought in. But I think now, whereas maybe in previous years, we, we've, we've got a good record. We've had good records this year against the teams. And, and we know in this league, if you want to win a trophy, you have to get past Belfast. You have to get past Sheffield. You have to get past Cardiff. Um, and those, are the, those have been the three big teams. And Right now, as of this season, um, we've got a good record against those three teams. And, you know, I've been around this game long enough. That can change. That can change in a heartbeat. Um, but right now, uh, the, the team is confident. They're playing well. Um, like I said, they've bought into what we're doing. And, um, you know, you just never know. Uh, it's still, there's still a lot of hockey left. Um, but, you know, we have to be focused on this game for tomorrow. And you've had this thing, of course, of, of getting the final number of years ago. I don't know how many years ago now. It seems... Everything before COVID seems such a long time ago. Obviously, the, the heartbreak of, of losing, I think it was an overtime, actually. Jordan Smothern scored a goal down in Cardiff. So you've got that to feed off as well. You want to go that one step further? Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Um, it would be nice. Um, you know, I, I thought 
on that game, it was it was a really really even game, um, and it was you know when, like when you get into those games, it's often one goal that decides it, and the goal that we actually give up um, from our side was a really weak goal, but you know goals are scored by mistakes, and uh, it was heartbreak for us because uh, we were there, and you know we were 60 minutes away from winning a, a, winning a trophy, and we didn't do that, and you know whether it be it didn't matter who the opponent was, it just so happens to be this time. Obviously, we're playing Belfast, who we were in the final um, with that year, and now obviously if we want to progress to the final we've we've got to have two games against Belfast well coach like obviously tomorrow night I, I can't wish you well you know what I mean but um, <laughs> obviously yeah, we, we, we're we really delighted to see how things are going for you down there in the spectrum and wish you well for the season and thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today no thank you as always like you say you won't get that back from me neither so I don't wish you well for tomorrow or the following Wednesday but thanks for having me absolute pleasure no anytime Big thanks to Paul Dixon. Um, yeah, that game is on uh, on Wednesday tomorrow. It's uh, Flames against the Giants, seven thirty p.m. First leg of the semi-final of the Challenge Cup, uh, and then two games on the weekend, both away from home, uh, away to the Devils on Friday, seven thirty, Ice Arena, Wales. Um, if you're not going or bringing, maybe bringing your U.S. Marine friend, Davey, uh, you can watch it on Devils TV. He's a Marine, wasn't he? Ex-Marine. He was a former Marine, yes, Michael Dobrovsky. Strong name. Back to another game. Strong, strong name. Strong the, um, name. And then, uh, then we unit? travel from Cardiff up to Nottingham to face the Panthers. I wonder who they'll put in that. Uh, <laughs> for Saturday at 7 p.m. at the NIC, you get that with John O'Bullard on Panthers TV. Any other business, boys? No, sir. Nothing? No yeah, business? It's, a, it's been a long one. It's been a long live one. Thanks to everybody for joining us live. Uh, <laughs> that was a great interview, Paul Dixon. There, Jamie. By the way, I think you've—I don't want to overstate, but that could be interview of the season, mate. Well done. <laughs> Giving it away. <laughs> big, th- big thanks to, to Gareth Martin, to Grant Cooper, and to Paul Dixon for their time and joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, big thanks to you, gents, Joel, for the news, and Davey, of course, for the, the video content. We really appreciate that. As I said, away to the Flames, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., away to the Devils, Friday, 7.30 p.m., and away to the Panthers, Saturday at 7 p.m. Get them on their respective webcasts. Of course, you can get us YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all your podcast providers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, and all that sort of stuff. You also contact us, podcast at kingdomofgiants.com, on Twitter at AVFTB, and on Facebook. Gentlemen, good to see you. Joel, well done, slash commiserations in the County Antrim Shield. Can't believe uh, it, three in a row. I've not, I've just not, I've just not checked the score. That's all yeah. it is, I've just not checked the score. I'm either, I'm either right this very second, upside down, or I'm back home eating a chippy. It's either one or the other. <laughs> one way or the other. <laughs> and uh, wherever you are this weekend, we hope you enjoy your hockey. We'll catch you here next time on A View from the Bridge. Podcast Network.